10 ways to increase your Facebook engagement on today's episode. Today's episode is brought to you by FreshBooks. Accounting and bookkeeping mistakes destroy thousands of small businesses every single day. Bookkeeping doesn't have to be hard. Turn to the number one invoicing software for small businesses. Start for free today at servenomaster.com backslash FreshBooks. Are you tired of dealing with your boss? Do you feel underpaid and underappreciated? If you want to make it online, fire your boss and start living your retirement dreams now. Then you've come to the right place. Welcome to Serve No Master Podcast, where you'll learn how to open new revenue streams and make money while you sleep. Presented live from a tropical island in the South Pacific by best-selling author Jonathan Green. Now, here's your host. We all know that Facebook is the massive juggernaut, the behemoth that controls massive swaths of the internet and can make or break many businesses. But how can you break into Facebook? How can you get people to pay attention to you? There are certain little steps you can take along the way to make it a lot easier for your posts to go viral and for you to get customers and engagement and connection using Facebook. And the first of those is creating shareable content. Now, it's very hard when you say to someone, make, make something viral. It's overwhelming. What you want to do is start with making it possible for people to share things. One of the big changes that I made recently was resizing all of the images on my website to the perfect size for Facebook. And it's always changing. Uh, it's something like 1203 by 600 right now is I think the size I'm using. I can't remember the exact number, but you can look it up and always look and say, what's the perfect size for images to share on Facebook? This is one of the critical steps to actually getting people to share stuff. I see all the time, someone clicks share and the image is resized, and so part of it gets clipped off. And when you have text on your image, half of the word on the left gets clipped off, half the word on the right, suddenly people can't read the sentence anymore, and you lose a lot of the value of having an image post. You also want to have uh, videos that are easy for people to click a button and share. When you're creating the content, what you can do, and what I really recommend, and this is something to do more and more and more and more, is to follow really great headline principles. You want to include every element of a great headline. And that means using, and I have a recent episode where I talk about this, you want to use a lot of headline generators. You want to use headline testers. It's a very simple formula for writing a great and shareable headline. So you don't have to think of it from scratch. Using a tool will make it a lot easier for you. It will take a lot of the challenge and difficulty away. So following simple steps rather than just saying, oh, create something shareable. I hate when people say that or create something that's viral. Make sure that it's the size correctly and then model it on other viral content. That's a really, really simple way to do it. The next thing is to include calls to action. You have to say things to people to let them know what to do. Like, hey, if you liked this video, click this link. If you thought this was valuable, share this. In, when you're doing stuff, for example, that's political and you want to say, oh, stop this from happening. You know, Click here to save your country. Share this if you love your country. Very simple but you create a call to action and a reason. Do this if you believe this. If this speaks to you, if you found this helpful, share with your audience, share with your friends, share with your family member. Think about those letters that people used to send around that said, oh, if you don't forward this to 10 people, something bad will happen to you. It's the same idea. You want to give people a motivation for taking action. Say, if you send this, and it's better to say, if you do X, something positive will happen. But it's the same idea. Oh, if you do this, then please give a lot of value. Share it with other people. Get the word out. Make sure this doesn't happen again. Not having call to action will lose you a lot of engagement because people don't know what to do. If you don't tell people to do something, they won't do it. It's amazing how important it is to simply say, hey, please do it. So what we have now are our first two steps. Make it easy to share your content. And when you create stuff on Facebook directly, when you share your own post on Facebook, 
when you share a video on Facebook, make sure you include a call to action telling people what to do. Uh, the next thing to do is to mix up different content types. So you don't want only videos. Videos are great. Videos are really, really wonderful. And I'm actually thinking about a couple of shifts in with my video stuff. I create so much content and I'm thinking as I've been preparing for this lesson, I actually downloaded a new video app for my phone. I'm going to test it. It's supposed to be way, way better than the video app that's in, that's the native one. And in fact, I even saw this awesome tool called the Osmo Mobile. Now, I haven't tested it, but I'm thinking about buying it for myself as a little present sometime in the next one or two months. And the reason I'm thinking about it is because it helps you to record a little bit more stable videos and it works with this app and it's supposed to be really, really amazing simply because I don't want to buy a new video camera. I've looked at a load. You know, my video cameras, that I, my ZI8s, I was just recording a little video earlier today from my uh, podcast training course. And the ZI8s are awesome. The Kodak ZI8 is probably one of the best video cameras made in the last 10 years. But the problem is they're all from 2010. So they're just getting old and machinery doesn't last forever. So they haven't died yet, but I've definitely seen one of my friends had one that died and I need to look towards the future. And I've been recording more and more video with my camera. I've been pretty happy with it. So I don't know if I'm going to grab that tool, but I'm thinking about it because then you can just record a video of you talking your face and it's pretty cool. And it's a great way to create content really, really quickly and really easily if you're doing live action video. But what you want to do is mix up content. If you're only, only doing videos, then you're going to lose people because not everyone is always looking for a video. So sometimes you want to mix in a list or a listicle. Sometimes you want to mix in just a photograph. Sometimes you want to mix in different types of content so that you engage with people on different levels by having different types of content as well as different mediums. So you can have like a motivational quote, one, one post and your next post is a video of you working out in the morning and kind of giving people uh, like a little routine and the video in the afternoon can be your Instead of a video in the afternoon, you can send them a list like a recipe. You're mixing up different types of content. So when I send out stuff, sometimes I send out really cool blog posts that I read. Sometimes I send out a message about one of my products. Sometimes I send out, you know, I try and mix it up and you want to do that more and more and more and more. And the reason I'm going over this material with you is actually I'm trying to improve my own Facebook work. I'm trying to improve more and more categories of my business. And so part of it is doing a lot of research. And I've realized that mixing up content and having lots of different things for people to connect with is really valuable. Having video content is really good, but if you can mix up videos with other stuff, you'll do even better with whichever space you're in. It's really, really good to mix up different styles of content. Uh, one of the things you can think about doing, and I'm not sure if I'm going to do this. I am thinking about it, but I do so much live content, but this is to do uh, use Facebook Live regularly. What's really amazing is that you can do really simple stuff. You can shoot videos in your backyard or anything. And I have friends, every time they do, someone's doing something live on Facebook, it notifies me. It notifies, oh, this person's recording a concert live or they're shooting fire. Everyone does fireworks. It makes me insane. Who wants to watch a videotape of fireworks? It's the absolute worst. Fireworks are so exciting live and so terrible via video. And so everyone shares it and it instantly tells you what's great about that is that they immediately get locked into uh, Facebook and engage with your audience and then they're there for people to look at over and over again later. It saves a recording. I'm not huge on the Facebook Live idea, but it is another way to increase your engagement. And if you're gonna record a video, if you're someone who does videos in one takes, and I'm doing more and more of my video content in one takes actually, this could be something really cool. Now I have to experiment with the technology before I give you a hard recommend on this. What I'm going to test, and I'll tell you exactly what I'm thinking about, is can I record with my phone using any video app directly into Facebook Live, or do I have to use the Facebook Live app or Facebook app specifically? These are things that I'm experimenting with, and I want to make sure. When you're doing videos, another thing to think about when you're recording videos for Facebook is you want ones that actually work, even if the sound is off. 
Facebook does test auto-playing videos with sound. So Facebook is doing a lot of tests where the sound automatically plays. But I'll tell you right now, one of the first things that I do when I'm scrolling down a web page and a video starts playing is I hit the mute button on my computer because I don't want to listen to something I didn't ask for. News websites do this to me a lot. There's a lot of video advertising. So even if it's a video I'm actually interested in, I want to proactively engage with it. So if you can make a video that works without audio, you can really capture a little bit more audience. So autoplay is probably here to stay. Even though it's annoying, it out-tests and out-converts videos that people have to push, click the button. As much as people say it's annoying, as long as they buy more or react more to autoplay videos, those are always going to dominate. That's just the way it is. But what you can do is simply, if you're recording, let's say, a video of yourself talking, right? It's just a video of you in the yard. You can just put your transcript below the video. You can put like closed captioning on the video. Or even better than a word-by-word closed captioning, you just have some really cool bullet points. Doing video that way will really capture the people that want to hear you and the people that don't. So for example, let's say someone's at work. They're scrolling down Facebook when they shouldn't be. They're being a little bit naughty. They have the sound turned off on their computer. So it doesn't matter if you have sound. This way you can engage with people even if they can't hear you. It's really, really valuable. Another thing that I'm working on, I've actually been... I've been struggling with this. I've been working on this for two weeks. Is Facebook has a thing called instant articles. What instant articles is where Facebook actually pulls your article into Facebook, a blog post, and it then displays it within Facebook. And you can do this if you meet certain requirements. And once I get this completely set up, I'll share this, how to do this. I'll have a walkthrough on my blog, but I'm still testing it. I don't have a final answer on this one because something went wrong with the Facebook app setup. You have to set up an app connection. And I've done a bunch of apps before. For some reason, this time setting it up didn't work quite right. It's really, really popular and they load 10 times faster. They load way, way faster, especially in the mobile app. And they're very, very powerful. There's a lot you can do there. Now, the problem is with Facebook Instant Articles is that you can't run advertising inside. You get Facebook chooses the ads that run inside your blog post and kind of does a profit share. But what I do is what I'm setting up is, is I'm not going to run ads because I care more about people just engaging me in the content, not making money from my articles because I'm not in the uh, pay-per-view, pay-per-click market. That's not how I make money. I don't monetize by selling advertising on my own content. I don't depend on that. So this new Facebook Instant Articles is very valuable for me. And I really recommend testing it out because it can become very, very valuable. Now, another thing you can do is change your posting times. This is tip number seven if you're writing numbers down. And when you're posting always at the same time, you can develop a regularity, but you might find different types of the day get better engagement. There are tons of tests. Buffer loves to send me ideas about the best times to post and all of those things. So you can use apps to send at the best times. For a long time, I sent all of my emails at two in the morning Eastern and everyone thought that was insane, but I got so much engagement because anyone on at that time of night, they're kind of in insomnia mode and I had really high conversion rates, lots of click-throughs and lots of sales for anything I was promoting because I noticed my list was really insomniac. So when I would email in the morning, I wouldn't get nearly as many opens or sales. Knowing your audience, know when they respond is important. People are online at different times. Now, as an individual, I engage with Facebook very, very rarely. It's a very small part of my online presence. I check Facebook. Mostly I check Facebook to look at the local uh, classifieds to see if anything cool is for sale. That's probably the main way I engage with Facebook. I have two or three friends that only use Facebook for communication instead of Skype. That's the second way I use it. Very rarely am I going through the timeline and kind of engaging with stuff. So I'm much more of a content sharer than a content receiver. But I'm online at random times and a lot of people are as well. So test different times, especially when you have a worldwide audience. You'll find that different things happen. 
Now, you can also take old content. You know, some people republish content. You can republish a post from six months ago or a month ago. That's fine. Again, especially that shared at a totally different time. If you shared at 9 a.m. last time, shared at midnight this time. So you're actually reaching all new people. So you don't get a lot of reviews, a lot of people seeing it a second time. Another thing to do is pay attention to the market. Everything I do is built on the idea of see what someone else is doing and reverse engineer it. I'm a big fan of that. I don't like to reinvent the wheel. So whether I'm writing an advertising campaign or I'm designing the next book I'm going to write or I'm looking for a Facebook strategy, I say, oh, what are people similar to me doing? What's good about it? What's bad about it? And then I replicate some of the ideas. Say, oh, I've noticed that people are doing a lot of quizzes. So I'm going to do some quizzes. Hey, I've noticed people around me are doing a lot of videos. You can monitor and track whether you're using software or just manually. You know, you log on to the page of five or 10 people and see what big brands in the same space as you are doing. If you're in fitness, follow the top 10 fitness pages. If you're in parenting, look at the top mommy blogs. Whatever the top people in your space are doing, you want to observe what they're doing and see what engages with you. See the things, oh, I really want to share that. Then you go, oh, I should do something similar. Number nine is to drive traffic from external places. So you can actually bring in engagement, but you can also send people from your blog to Facebook. So what you can do is provide, you know, shareable links and all of that stuff, but you can also use uh, your Facebook posts and create timestamps or create a shareable link. Every one of your posts on Facebook has its own permanent link. And when you grab that permanent link, you can share that link. And so you can send people from other places. You can send people directly to your post or your video that's on Facebook from an email or from anything else. The more you connect people. See, most of my audience, my audience comes from other sources. I don't have a lot of Facebook to blog audience, but I can send my audience to Facebook. They re-engage me there. And then you can engage with them over and over again. We always want to expand our lines of communication. I want someone to read my blog, follow me on Facebook, listen to this podcast, follow me on Twitter. Then I can communicate with them on four levels. And if I get LinkedIn, then we have five lines of communication. I have five chances to reach them with messages. Uh, The final thing you can do is you can actually embed Facebook content into your blog. We often think about creating content on our blog or on our own website and then sharing it on Facebook, but you can write a really engaging post or post your video your, or even the replay of your Facebook Live video to your Facebook page, but then you can take that embed code and share it on your blog post. What's cool about that is that it will connect people back and forth. And again, when someone clicks on that embedded video or clicks on that embedded blog post or that embedded content from Facebook, it'll pull them to your Facebook page. And that allows them to easily click like, to leave a comment, or to click share. So they get connected. And you can do this. Many of these th- same things will work on Twitter as well, more and more. And I'll do some videos down the line on LinkedIn and some other social media platforms. But I just want to give you some ideas. Now, with anything like this, it's very tempting to get overwhelmed because that was a big old list. And you can say to yourself, oh, I can't do these 10 things. There's too many things, so I'll do nothing. What I want you to do is just pick one thing from this list and implement that. Just take one and start there. Then later on, do number two. As I always share with you, I'm very open about my marketing, how I'm growing my business. I told you, I started dabbling with Facebook Instant Articles two or three weeks ago. There was a glitch in the setup of the plugin, and I said, I'm not dealing with this right now. And that's reality. So that's me being honest with you. And so... I'll work on it again. And then maybe the next thing I'm thinking about doing is mess around more and more with Facebook live videos. The reason I share that information with you is so you can see what I'm really doing and see that the 80-20 rule is so critical. Don't say, I I can't do all 10 of these, so I'm going to wait and start next month. That's the wrong mindset. The mindset should be, I'll just try one. And when I have time, I'll try another one. That mindset will really, really help you find success. Facebook can be a really, really great platform, but it can also be daunting because it's so big and it's so complicated and it's so overwhelming. So avoid all of that overwhelmingness and instead just focus on designing the perfect strategy for you. Design something that's simple. Start simple and work your way up. 
for most of my social media, I have my social media platforms are all set up on automation. I have a service that comes up with cool ideas or a cool blog post for me to share. And then I have another service that automatically shares them on my social media profiles uh, through Buffer. I do all of those right now because I don't have a lot of time to work on those platforms. So I just wanted them something happening so they wouldn't appear dead. And eventually over time, what I'll do is replace all the original content with my own stuff. So having a bit of a plan for down the line is much better than just saying, I'm not going to do anything until I'm ready. Start out creating content. Start out using different tools and over time, replace them. You know, this is the same thing with product creation. When I entered the relationship space uh, with my publisher, originally we were promoting about 20 other offers. And what we would do is say, okay, here's the 20 most successful author uh, offers, most successful products. So we just created 20 of our own versions. So we make our own versions. And that's what you do when you're creating stuff. You can start by sharing someone else's stuff and then shift to your own as you have time to make it. I don't have all the products I want to release finished. I'm in the middle of finishing designing the slides for my podcasting course. And I'm also, I just finished the first outline for the blog course Saturday morning and sent it to my assistant to start working more and more on the outline. She sent me her rough draft Friday. I sent a bunch of rewrites. This process is critical and it's how I grow my business. But because products aren't always done, there's always more and more I want to make. If you have any of my products, you can see my members area, all the products I'm thinking about creating. Even then, I don't have them all done. Even that list, I have a list of 12 main products and about 50 blueprints that I'm working on. There's still twice as much I want to make. I've already thought of about 10 more main products I want to put out there. That means I'm constantly creating, but until you have things done, and it's impossible to get things done instantly, until you have things done, you just want to do one step at a time. So you can recommend an external product. You can write a review of something. You can do something small that will help you get there. So with Facebook, start off, just take one little step. You go, you know what? Okay, I'm going to resize my images. That was the first thing I did. And I'm actually not done. I'll tell you that right now. I still need to resize. If you go to uh, my website and you look at the last 30 or 40 posts, they're all resized, but I still have to go back to the ones before that and do another batch. So I didn't finish doing all of them, but I did a bunch of resizing and changing the image so the image has text on it so it's more shareable. That's something that I decided to do as I'm working on my Facebook stuff. So as you're doing all of these steps, realize it's okay to do something partially and then work on it again later. I, so I still need for my Facebook stuff to, number one, start replacing the automated content with my own. Number two, start recording my own videos. Number three, I need to get Facebook Instant Articles working again. I need to figure out what went wrong with that app. And number four, I need to resize the rest of my images. So even though those things aren't done, and in fact, I get emails sometimes from people saying, oh, I'm so glad your website's finally done. It wasn't done for so long. I was like, no, it's still not done. There's still more things I want to do. So you can be in a state of constant improvement. That's okay. It's better to be in a state of constant improvement than waiting for perfection. So I know this started off as a Facebook podcast and started ended up as a motivational podcast, but these are the things that can happen on this crazy podcast when it's all me by myself. I'm really excited to spend some time with you and have some really cool things coming up over the next few weeks. I'm actually going to an amazing live event very soon, and hopefully I'll be able to get some amazing interviews while I'm there. And I'll let you know when I know a little bit more. So fingers crossed that some of the amazing people I connect with will be up for an interview. For now, thank you so much for listening. I'm always excited to have you engage with me and take some time right now and just spend 20 minutes dabbling with Facebook and find one way you can improve your engagement for now. And then you can apply the other nine down the line when you have more time. So these are 10 ways you can improve your Facebook engagement. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Serve No Master. Make sure you subscribe so you never miss another episode. We'll be back tomorrow with more tips and tactics on how to escape that rat race.
Head over to servenomaster.com forward slash podcasts now for your chance to win a free copy of Jonathan's bestseller, Serve No Master. All you have to do is leave a five-star review of this podcast. See you tomorrow. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Serve No Master podcast. Follow me at facebook.com backslash serve no master.